0: Our scripture this morning comes from the third chapter of Philippians, verses 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us For many live as enemies of the cross. I have often told you of them. And now I tell you, even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. And their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. My beloved. That is God's word for us this morning. Well, let me ask you three questions this morning. Who are the people that you admire most? Give you a moment to think about that. Who are the people you admire most? Who are your role models? Do you have any role models? And the third question, why do you admire them? Or consider them to be role models? Well, Paul begins these words to the church in Philippi. With be imitators of me. Imitators of me. Well, we might ask ourselves the question and several commentators, a number of commentators over the centuries who have looked at these words have asked this question, is Paul being conceited here? Be an imitator of me. First time I read these, these verses uh, and actually paid attention to them, you know, some years ago, I was reminded of something that I heard Dizzy Dean say on television when I was uh, a young boy and I used to watch baseball on TV. Dizzy Dean was one of the commentators. Dizzy Dean got kicked off the, uh, the broadcast, the baseball broadcast, because his English was so poor. And they were afraid that he, as a role model, was uh, unduly influencing children like myself to to learn to speak in ways that our English teachers at school were not uh, really proud of. But Dizzy Dean, Hall of Fame baseball pitcher and TV commentator at the time, uh, was asked this question about himself. "He's Dizzy, during your playing career, you bragged a lot. It seemed like you were always uplifting, you know, promoting yourself, always bragging. And Dizzy Dean shot back immediately, said, it ain't bragging if it's a fact. Well, be imitators of me. What was Paul trying to say here? Consider Paul's life and testimony. Did you know that three times in Acts and several times in his letters to the churches, Paul talked about his testimony, his conversion, and what that meant? His encounter with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus and how that changed his life and how his great desire became to help other people know the same thing that he knew, that he had experienced, that he had embraced. The same forgiveness, the same joy, the same sense of purpose that he had because of his encounter with Jesus Christ. I don't know that Paul was so much talking about imitating everything that he did, but I know... As a matter of certainty for myself, and I believe this deeply, that he was talking about his experience with Jesus Christ and his strong desire that other people have that same experience. Imitate me in that way. Seek to have that kind of relationship with Christ. Imitate me. Well, Paul goes on to say in relation to imitating him, in relationship to being in relationship with Christ. He goes on to talk about people who have taken a different road, a different path. One of my favorite poems was written by Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. Two woods Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning lay equally, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made... All the difference. Walking the road less traveled. Other voices. Other choices. That's what Paul is talking about. Some live their lives as enemies of the cross. Some live their lives never seeking Jesus. In fact, having no interest And what Christ can provide and does provide as a way for us to live. Two roads that lay equally before us. Choices that we have to make. Other voices, other choices that might be encouraging us down a different path. That may look just as good to us in that moment as the path of following Jesus Christ. But taking the road less traveled, walking that road, makes all the difference. It makes a difference in how we live and in what we want to live for and in whom we want to live. Paul's word for the Christian is walk. The Christian life, journey, walk in the footsteps of Christ, walk with Jesus. The only way you can really get to know Jesus more is by walking with Jesus, by praying, by doing the things that Jesus asked us to do. And there are a number of those things that aren't really easy. It's not very easy to forgive other people as we have been forgiven or even have the desire to forgive. We tend to all, want to operate out of the, out of the thought process that uh, other people should get what we think they deserve. Paul's word for the Christian life, walk. Walk. And you think about it in relationship to the words that we just read. Be imitators of me. In the early church, with no New Testament, all this scripture that we read wasn't scripture when Paul was journeying. Wasn't scripture for Jesus. No New Testament, just a few preachers wandering around struggling as a small minority in a pagan culture, in a culture where there were many other voices and many other choices. In that culture, in that time, no better textbook could be offered than the lives of those who professed Jesus Christ. No better testimony, no better textbook could be offered than the lives of the people who said they were followers. Well, this week, uh, there was a uh, service that took place funeral service. Uh, it was for the wife of a man named Monty Williams. Now, I happened to uh, pay a little more attention, uh, perhaps a lot more attention, to, uh, to that event than I would have beyond being a sports fan. Monty Williams is a coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's been a coach for a while now in the NBA, National Basketball Association. But I became acquainted with Monty, not personally, but I became acquainted with him uh, through his grandfather, J.O. Williams, who was the associate, the associate regional minister in North Carolina when Nancy and I were serving there. And we, we got to be uh, very well acquainted, good friends with, with J.O. And he was very proud of, of Monty, and I won't say that, that uh, uh, he didn't have a lot to be proud of with his grandchildren because he had 22 grandchildren, as I recall. But I remember him, and he knew I was a sports fan, so he, he let me know uh, uh, from time to time. He'd update me and let me know that Monty was going on to Notre Dame and, and, and what Monty was about. Well, the clip we're going to show you, I think, gives testimony to a way to live the Christian life, to walk the Christian life. And do that in such a way that it reflects uh, our deep belief in Jesus Christ. It's Monty Williams giving a eulogy at his wife's funeral. You can, I can't imagine how difficult that would, would be. Uh, but he does it in a, a wonderful way. In a wonderful way, I think, that gives substance to what we're talking about. Uh, being that textbook that other people read that other people can see that other people can know as I heard a guy on the radio earlier this week who is not a Christian and most likely is agnostic he was on one of the radio shows he had just heard this testimony and his, this was his words how could you watch that how could you listen to that how could you see that and not want to have what Monty Williams has. He said, I don't know whether you're atheist, agnostic, whether you, what, whatever faith you have. How could you not watch that and want, not want that sense of peace and that sense of certainty and, and purpose that Monty Williams seems to have? So, with that said, here's Monty Williams.
1: Psalm 73, 1 says, God is good. And 1 John 4, 16 says, God is love. During times like this, it's easy to forget that because what we've gone through is pretty tough and it's hard and we want an answer. And we don't always get that answer when we want it. But we can't lose sight of the fact that God loves us. And that's what my wife and that's what I try to Um, however badly, (laughs) exhibit on a daily basis. But God does love us. He loved me so much that he sent his son to die for my sins. And I, for one, know that I'm not the man that you guys see every day. And only God could cover that. He loved me so much that he gave me a wife that loved every part of me. And she fit me perfectly, and I know Different players that I've had over the years probably got tired of me talking about my wife, but I used to always think to myself, like, who else was I going to talk about? So (laughs) that never bothered me. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All of this will work out. As hard as this is for me and my family and for you, this will work out. I know this because I've seen this in my life. See back in 1990, at the University of Notre Dame, I had a doctor look me in the face and say, you're going to die if you keep playing basketball. And I had testing done, test after test, shipping me all over the place to try to figure out a way for me to play. And it didn't work out. And I kept that from Ingrid. She knew I was having some tests done, but she didn't know the severity of the situation. So my career was over at the age of 18. And we had a press conference, and I left the press conference um, by myself, and I went to her dorm room, and I told her what happened. And the very next word out of her mouth, words out of her mouth after we... Um, probably cried a little bit. She said, honey, Jesus can heal your heart. And I'm evidence that God can work it out. I don't care what you're going through. This is hard for my family, but this will work out. And my wife would punch me if I were to sit up here and whine about what's going on. That doesn't take away the pain. But it will work out. Because God causes all things to work out. You just can't quit. You can't give in. See, the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And America teaches us to just numb that, and it's not true. But it is true. All you got to do is look around you. Get outside of these walls, and you know it's true. This will work out. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it's not painful doesn't mean we don't have tough times and we're going to have tough times. What we need is the Lord. And that's what my wife tried to exhibit every single day. Now, I'm going to close with this. And I think it's the most important thing that we need to understand. Everybody's praying for me and my family, which is right. But let us not forget that there were two people in this situation. And that family needs prayer as well. And we have no ill will towards that family. In my house, we have a sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. That family didn't wake up wanting to hurt my wife. Life is hard. It is very hard. And that was tough. But we hold no ill will towards the Donaldson family. And we, as a group, brothers united in unity, should be praying for that family because they grieve as well. So let's not lose sight of what's important. God will work this out. My wife is in heaven. God loves us. God is love. And when we walk away from this place today, let's celebrate because my wife is where we all need to be. And I'm envious of that. But i got five crumb snatchers i got to deal with. (laughs) I I love you guys for taking time out of your day to celebrate my wife. We didn't lose her. When you lose something, you can't find it. I know exactly where my wife is. I'll miss holding her hand. I'll miss talking with my wife. Um, Sam and Coach Donovan probably couldn't figure out why I always wanted to get out of the office, Uh, me and Mo Cheeks. Mo probably wanted to go do something else, but we always wanted to get out of the office. I just enjoy being with my wife. I enjoy being with my family. And most of the times we didn't do anything. We'd just be at the house sitting around um, doing nothing. I'm going to miss that. Let's not lose sight of what's important. God is important. What Christ did on the cross is important. Let's not lose sight of that family that also lost someone that they love. I love you guys. I hope I get a chance to hug and shake a hand and give a kiss on the cheek, but let's keep what's important at the forefront. Thank you.
0: And The other family that Monty Williams uh, referred to, uh, his wife was killed in a head-on collision with uh, the driver of the other car who also lost uh, their life. Be imitators of me, Paul said. Know the grace, know the power, know the witness that is mine because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. You may be the only Bible that people who cross paths with you this week will read. You may be the only Bible that people who cross paths with you this week will read. Make sure it's a good read, a page turner, one that reflects the glory of Christ present in your life. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the grace and mercy that we know through your Son Jesus, Lord, help us to walk in a way that reflects that glory, that reflects Christ's light in our life, that helps to shape and and mold the other the lives of other people that that we cross paths with, that see us. Lord, help us to be good witnesses to what you have done in our life through Christ Jesus not witnesses to our our own goodness but witnesses to Christ's goodness witnesses to Christ's grace God we thank you for the love that is ours the love that you promised in Christ Jesus a love that assures us that nothing will ever separate us from your love that is ours in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Let me invite you to turn.